Welcome to the inaugural podcast of the National Coalition for Dialogue and Deliberation. I'm Courtney Brees. The National Coalition for Dialogue and Deliberation, also known as NCDD, is a network of thousands of innovators who bring people together across divides to tackle today's toughest challenges. This podcast brings together members of this community in conversation about their work, as well as shares resources, tools, and discusses challenges in dialogic practice. In our first series of podcasts, we're featuring conversations that took place at the October 2016 National Conference on Dialogue and Deliberation. The conference brought together 350 innovators in dialogue and public engagement to discuss the opportunities and challenges to bridging the divides in our communities and nation. This episode features a conversation I had with NCDD board chair, meeting designer and facilitator Barbara Simonetti about a new metaphor to describe the broad dialogue and deliberation community. Join us as we talk about descriptors for this unique field and her new concept. So my desire to bring you down here and have you sit and talk is as we've been together. You have seemed to have, I would say, a fantastic analogy for the field and what we are and what we do and who NCDD is in all of that. So I wanted to have you articulate that for us. Okay. And I, and I can talk a little bit about how it came about because it comes right out of the theme of the conference. So I've done this work in so many different spheres. And it's, I mean, I've done it in corporate, I've done it as a street worker, at, you know, a marginalized neighborhood, I've done it in healthcare, I've done it in universities. Now I'm doing it around climate issues and women's issues. And so I look at the work in a very generic way. And then this conference is about people telling their stories. And what all of a sudden popped out at me is that we are not a field. What we are is a utility. We are able to bring any group of hearts and minds together to work on any issue. It doesn't matter. The essence of who we are is that ability to bring people together. And just like it doesn't matter if you plug an iPhone or a refrigerator into a plug, it gets powered. If you plug us into any set of people and any set of problems, we're going to do our thing and empower and power that situation. Mm. So once you begin to think about us as as a utility. And it, it, it also, let me back up a little bit. What made me jump there is we talk about how we have always been open source and the distinction you and I have talked about before, how we're different from a professional organization. We're not credentializing people. We're not saying you're in and you're out. Mm -hmm. It's always been about the work and the people. People have always been welcomed in. And that's very much like a utility. Anybody can plug in. Mm. So then I start thinking about, well, if, if that's what we are, what is NCDD? And NCDD to me, I think is a power transfer station on a smart grid. People come into our network in a million ways with all kinds of ideas that they've created that are very powerful mm -hmm. about how you might do this work. And maybe they've discovered it in an environmental conversation or a race conversation, but their techniques and their methods are transferable. Mm -hmm. And so they bring them into this big power station that we have, this transfer station, and it's a smart grid because we're all learning from each other real time and very rapidly. And it's a transfer station because as much gets taken out as gets put, put in. in. Mm. So that's the analogy that all of a sudden hit me about what we're really doing here. Mm. I love that. I mean, I think we, we've talked before, so in prior conversations and certainly in prior conferences where we've tried to talk a little bit about what we are and what we're doing. I think it was 
the 2012 conference where you talked about us as, are we a community practice or a community of purpose? Mm-hmm. Which I also thought was a very fantastic way of, of talking about you know what we are. Or that was the 2010 conference in Boston. That's where you That's and I got started. Was. Yes, that was where we began. And I thought that was great, but I think this is like the next iteration of, of the concept and it might be a really great way to to be able to explain to others what it is that we do and what our purpose is mm-hmm. in the world. And now you got me thinking again, because you've raised community of purpose and community of practice. Mm-hmm. So community of, that idea occurred to me a, a long time ago when we were trying to figure out how to do online communities. I mean, this was pre-Facebook and everybody's drawing circles. And all of a sudden it said to me, the difference is where the work is. If people come into the circle to learn something that they take to do work outside the circle, it's a community of practice. We come together to learn how to do our practices better. Mm-hmm. If it's a community of purpose, you come together because there's some work in the middle or a cause in the middle that you have. In some way, we're, we're almost both. both. Mm. But what I think is much more functional to describe us now is that we are a generative network. Mm-hmm. So say more about how you see us as a generative network and what exactly you mean by that. Okay. So Connecting to Change the World is the book that has become my Bible. It's the book I wish I could have written. Yes. <laughs> um, because they really, really took the, the work we've been doing about understanding that there's an organizing principle in existence that you can see from the microscopic to the universe. And it applies to our social systems as well around how networks function. Mm-hmm. And when a network is really empowered and healthy, it self-organizes. It forms its own groups around whatever people are interested in. It's not a rigid organization. It's completely flexible. And it begins to generate products. It actually begins to create stuff in the world. Things Mm -hmm. emerge from it. And we're at that place. Lots is emerging. The conversation we just had, you know, what emerged from it is I'm doing work about intergenerational conversations among women And we had four men in the room, and we came out saying, we need to organize this for men. Mm -hmm. It's needed even more because it's harder for them to have the conversation. So look what got generated because we brought this group together, supposedly to share knowledge. It's going to emerge from where we are. That's great. And I I completely agree. I mean, I think that's that's exactly where we are. And I, I think especially right now at this time with this conference, we're really seeing that perhaps a little more so than we have in the past. There's always been that element. There's always there's always that generation, but I think there's an energy and, and we're also finding a synergy with others who want to tap into us, want to be a part of this. So, so I go to the journalists because that's something that's a big topic for today and we're about to um, start a session with them talking about that, but there's there's a desire. I was speaking with uh, Linda Miller, who's with uh, American Public Media. Linda was talking about how there's there's several levels to all of this. You know, they think that they're engaging, but they don't really know all of the ways that they can engage the different processes that are out there. And we can bring that to them. There's a desire amongst them to better engage with the communities that they're in, especially, you know, a lot of these folks we're talking with are, you know, at smaller, more local papers, or they're with public radio, or there's a a strong desire to do more than what they've been more recently doing. And I think there's, uh, I think Linda described it as like a hunger for this. And, Mm -hmm. and I think we've seen that with others that we've, we've met, 
here at the conference, I met with Brad Fitch from the Congressional Management Foundation. And uh, he sat down here and talked with me and talked about how they've been working with Congress for 20 plus years. And in the past 10 years, they've been doing more citizen engagement, predominantly online, but that he's here and having this moment of realization of just how much is out there that they could tap into as they do this work. He wanted to emphasize in his remarks how there are many congressmen and women out there who strongly desire this kind of an engagement but don't know what the tools are and how to access them and where to get assistance. They so don't know I, where to plug into us. Exactly. So I think just in, in these last three days, we've found several possibilities to continue to to generate further you know, connections and, and others who can benefit from our utility, if you will. So there's all these different intersectionalities that are going on. Mm -hmm. We've had philanthropy here, and philanthropy learned a lot yeah. by listening to us. And... The media thing, there's a couple of things running in my head when you started that. One is that a couple of years ago, three, when I first encountered Rick Charwood, mm -hmm. you know, he talked about who do you have to bring together in a community to do this work? And he said, you need to bring people with our skills, you know, the talking tribe, as some people call us. Mm -hmm. You need to bring um, the libraries because it's the trusted meeting place. Yep. You need to bring the United Way or those people who know how to deliver service once you and also are in touch with where the, the issues might be. Mm -hmm. And you need to bring in the public broadcasting service, the, the media, the, the trusted neutral media in that particular community. So he already had the inkling that a media partner was really important. Yeah, I know that we sat with, with Sandy and the two folks from Christian Science Monitor in my, my living room that day when we heard these two guys, Mark Garrison brought us together and these two guys from uh, the media are saying, we really want to tell the alternative story, but we can't find the story. And Sandy and I almost fell out of the chair, you know, turned around to look at each other quickly enough to say, we know where the story is. So there was this instant synergy. Mm. And to see it actually now begin to weave itself together yeah, just by having people touch each other here. I actually think that there's a conversation we need to have as a field, a utility, a tribe with the other members of our tribe, meaning IAP2, and, and those people who are more of professional organizations who can say, yes, this person has the skills to be a facilitator. Mm -hmm. Yes, this person is qualified to be a designer. But we really need to think about how do we organize ourselves efficiently and open up some of those links and ports in Yep, and, and be thinking about more and more, how do we get these twofers by, by hooking up with media and, and other folks. It's going to take something really organic to address the big problem we're looking at. Yeah. So I like that your mindset is going that way. I think that's really healthy and absolutely exciting. Excellent. And something you might still want to be involved in in some way, even though you won't be our board chair anymore. Right? Try to stop me. This podcast was produced by the National Coalition for Dialogue and Deliberation. The episode was recorded and edited by Ryan Spencer. Special thanks to Barbara Simonetti for her support of this initial series. Get involved in this community by going to ncdd.org slash getinvolved or learn more at ncdd.org. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please share your thoughts in the comments or on social media using hashtag NCDD.